0: Remember when office chairs were made of wood, and if you were lucky, maybe it swiveled? Now you got lumbar, you've got arms that go up and down, you can adjust the firmness.
1: These office chairs, <coughs> too damn comfortable.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you one thing. My grandpappy had no office chair like this, but you know what he did have? A good work ethic. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going with
1: this. But... Elbow grease. Mm-hmm. Other cliches. Yeah. Uphill both ways.
0: Intestinal fortitude. Gumption. Moxie. I got none of that.
1: <laughs> no, that's all lost At on At
0: least me. I got his hair. Hair. Oh. Ooh. Let's start the show. A lawn chair is a good tap chair, but you're aware of that. It falls down to half the side. That is not a COVID cough. (coughs) I've been eating those um, sesame snaps. I love those things. That's something you'd hate. You know, those little sesame snaps, they're made of sesame seeds and honey, diabetes. No. You have no idea what a sesame snap is? No. Holy crap. Doesn't sound something that I jive with. No, because it's made of yummy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Look it up. You'd know what a sesame snap is. Forget it. Uh, I wonder if any kids got one of those in their Halloween treat bag. Oh, that'd be a good one.
1: Sesame snap? Nothing would ruin my day. No, I'll know. There could be things that would ruin it faster, but it'd be high (laughs) on my list of things that would be immediate from Halloween bag to garbage bag.
0: It's funny, though. Every year, one of my favorite things to talk about is the weird things that your kids got in their Halloween treat bag. Or maybe it was a weird thing you were giving out. Maybe you ran out of candy during a pandemic and you had to give out, oh, here you go. You can have uh, insoles and a bounce sheet. Enjoy. Yeah. Some Dr. Shoals for you. Yeah. Oh, they're still packaged. They're new. I'm not
1: a monster. Some seeded grapes for you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's something nobody enjoys, seeded grapes. No. Um, the uh, This... Uh, we got a text message, or this is a Facebook message from Crystal. We started running out of candy with so many kids that we began handing out Ichiban and beans to the older kids. Wow. What kid wouldn't enjoy a can of beans?
1: Man. And then uh, she attached photos, and it was like the no-name brand. Oh, it wasn't Heinz. No. No. It was no-name brand beans. But I saw that, and I was like, you know what? Cut up some wieners. Maybe you got yourself a good lunch cooking. Yeah? I could go for that. But I have a strong feeling that people who are trick-or-treating probably not searching for
0: baked beans. That would be a bold move, by the way, speaking of the wieners and beans. That, that to me, that's a good meal. Like, I would eat that. <laughs> Nobody else in my house would eat that, though. Like, I, that, to me, just reminds me of simpler times. I kind of pretend I'm an urban hobo. Like, I'm a hobo, but I go home to a house every day. Yeah. You know? It's the way I keep it real. But imagine— This is how you know you've met your soulmate. Say say you invite a sweetie over and you're like, I'm going to make you some dinner tonight. And you just make wieners and beans and she's cool with it. That's when you know you have found the one. Wieners
1: and beans or toast with wieners and uh, cheese whiz.
0: Oh, God, I could eat all those things. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want them in my Halloween treat bag, though.
1: Ooh. Why do you feel so weird buying cans of beans at the grocery? Like, I feel like I have to hide them behind other things. <laughs> in the cart. Well,
0: because they're the magical fruit. And anytime somebody sees either toilet paper on the conveyor belt at the grocery store or a can of beans, they know exactly where that's going. Mm-hmm. They know exactly what's about to happen in your household. Man. Uh, one year, we ran out of candy. Started to hand out our kids' lunch snacks from the (laughs) cupboard. As long as it wasn't celery sticks or carrot sticks or apple slices.
1: Yeah, fruit cup. Boring. Imagine if it was some pudding, though. Ooh, I'd be chapped if my parents were giving away my pudding on Halloween.
0: Yeah. Can we grab a call here? Let's do it. Hello?
2: So on Saturday, my kids each got a box of KD when they were trick-or-treating. Really? (laughs) And I don't know if... If it was on purpose, like the guy just bought 80 boxes of KD, or if they ran out of candy.
0: Now, were, are they the microwavable KD cups? No, full
2: or? box of original KD.
0: I don't know whether this is fantastic or not. I think it's My fantastic. My kids are really
2: excited about it.
0: Yeah, they've never had their own box? No. Oh. <laughs> uh, what's your first name? Oh, yeah. This just reeks of somebody running out of candy.
2: I think so, but maybe they just really, really think that's a good idea because, I mean, every kid would love that.
0: Yeah, I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah? Ah, uh, Bryce, think back to it. A young Bryce Kelly, imagine coming home on Halloween night with your very own box of craft dinner. Keep it in your bedroom next to your trophies.
1: Oh, man. And maybe if you were good, your mom would let you make it yourself. Yeah. And then you butcher it. <laughs>
0: Is that even possible?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You cook the noodles for too long.
0: Or you put in too much milk. Ooh, I like it soupy, though. Oh, gross. What's wrong with you? And I ooh, I
1: would buy that in cans. KD juice.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, ooh, yeah. A little gross. salt and pepper
0: in that juice. Ooh, baby. Hey, uh, we got probably close to 70 kids at our house on Halloween night, which is weird when you think like 70 is a lot during a pandemic mm-hmm. when people weren't, technically supposed to be, it was socially, I think it might've been frowned upon.
1: Might've been a faux pas.
0: Yeah. Uh, we handed out candy and those little airplane bottles of alcohol to the adults. <gasps> My heavens. That is terrific. Unless of course you're an adult with a problem <laughs> <laughs> and this is what sent you back into- uh...
1: Yeah, to awaken some demons within you.
0: Yeah. yeah. Great. Thank you, random house <laughs> in suburbia.
1: Oh, I man. fell off
0: the wagon. Oh, I just got my ninety day chip too.
1: Man, this if it seems like this Halloween there was a range of yeah. people who had lots of kids and people who had no kids. Yeah. I had none, but that that was by design.
0: Yeah, you just ordered chicken and then sat in your basement. Mm-hmm. The but fried chicken thing on Halloween night is a weird tradition.
1: I don't know why I do that, but I, I like do.
0: it. I like it because it's random. I do. But it's just, I I wish I knew the story as to why it's fried chicken.
1: I think it was when I was a kid. My mom did it for a few Halloweens just because she didn't want to cook.
0: Oh, it was fast
1: and easy. It was just fast and easy. And this yeah. is something that now it just brings me back to simpler times.
0: Wow. Mm. Uh, Ten years ago in our new community, we ran out of candy. And unfortunately, our neighbors came to us last. And we had to give them power bars. <laughs> Jill. <laughs> yeah, four dollars each for those power. Or is she talking about one of those power bars you plug your PC into and maybe a lamp? Oh, and a hey. that'd be an oddball thing to get in your treat bag. But- you
1: never have enough power bars. That's what I always say.
0: Yeah, you never know when you're going to need one. <laughs> and oh, this one here. I'm a dentist. We give away two pieces of candy, a toothbrush, floss, and toothpaste. I found toothpaste all over my driveway in the morning. And while walking around the neighborhood, some of the other moms complained to me, not knowing it was me, that my house gives away the toothbrushes and they're probably just free samples from the dollar store. Why are they complaining about that?
1: How dare you give my child toothpaste?
0: Yeah, it's one house giving you that. It's not like your kid went to 250 houses and got a toothbrush at every one.
1: Man, they're... It's funny how kids can hurt the feelings of adults. Yes. This guy probably felt really good about being able to share his knowledge about teeth with the future.
0: And then you just go out in the morning and it's just nothing but aqua (laughs) fresh smeared all over your driveway. Do they even make aqua fresh anymore?
1: Yeah, your driveway got a crest shower. Uh,
0: I had zero trick-or-treaters this year. I have all my Halloween candy left. Well, hello, diabetes for you.
1: Yeah. I almost had a change of heart. Oh, you were saying you were starting to feel guilty. I was, because I was driving home from picking up my fried chicken, Mm -hmm. and I just saw some toddler-aged kids walking with their parents, and I started thinking about, man, there's going to be a lot less houses for them to get candy at, and I actually felt bad, and it made me reconsider maybe I should be handing out candy.
0: I've known you for 12 years. I've never known you to feel bad about anything. That's a first. Bruce, Bryce, are you growing?
1: (laughs) Well— are that, you, those feelings lasted about the, how long? It took me to drive down my alleyway, and then once oh, I went into in, your garage. Once yeah. I was back in my garage, I was like, "No." Oh, okay, yeah. But so
0: you're good to know you're not really growing emotionally.
1: Those twenty seconds were very rewarding.
0: Uh, here you go. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. <laughs> Classy. Mm. Funny story. We normally have a very wealthy family that lives near us, and they hand out Hot Wheels along with candy. Uh, Hot he, wheels. They sometimes get close to a 1,000 people. What? Best part is they recently moved. Needless to say, the new homeowners were terribly ill-prepared. Oh. Oh. I feel that that house really needs to disclose the conditions when future sellers are selling that house. Wow. That's an
1: excellent idea.
0: That's one of those things. Like if a horrific crime is taking place in your house— you got to disclose that or if you've given away Hot Wheels at Halloween you need to disclose that.
1: Yeah, you need to know the criminal history of the home mm-hmm. and the Halloween history cuz that can go both ways. You could be oh, very yeah. excited for, it's your first Halloween in your new house and You realize the people who lived there before just screamed and yelled at everyone, and (laughs) now they avoid your house like the plague?
0: Oh yeah, it could be the opposite.
1: And you're just staring, looking out the window, wondering why?
0: Why do people hate us? We're good people.
1: Or you just, you buy a hundred candy bars to give away, and all of a sudden a thousand kids show up? Yeah.
0: Where's my Hot Wheel? You don't get a Hot Wheel. You get a Hershey's Cookies and Cream. Now beat it, punk.
1: Mm. I could go for one of those.
0: Uh, I want to grab this. This looks interesting. Hello?
2: I just wanted to tell you I left some homemade soap samples on my doorstep for people to pick up. Oh, yeah? And some unfortunate children took soap samples.
0: Oh, no. Now, are you afraid that maybe they ate your soap samples?
2: Well, it is all natural, so it would be okay, but...
0: What were you thinking? Like, why were you leaving soap samples out?
2: Well, I make soap and I needed people to test it. And you know how when you leave something out for people, they never come pick it up.
0: I am so confused. Are you taught you left a basket of soap out for kids and adults to help themselves to on Halloween night? Or did you leave the soap samples out for an entirely different purpose?
2: Entirely different purpose. I had a giant bowl of candy, but some foolish children took soap.
0: I I could, it'd be a pretty easy mistake to make on Halloween night, I guess. But did I they, use, did they use the soap to uh, draw, you know, male anatomy all over your car windows?
2: Well, they probably will. Yeah. Because the soap also has my address on it.
0: Oh boy. They're coming back.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I think she's
0: kind of impressed with herself that she left soap out. Like that to me, did I use this example the other, like, that'd be like Christmas dinner and everybody, you're putting the spread out on the table. Everybody's going to sit down and eat, but you put a bowl of your soap out and people are eating soap and you're like, well, why are you eating soap? Well, why did you put it on the table? (laughs) Yeah. Like yeah. of all nights of the year to put a basket of soap out on your step, why did you choose Halloween?
1: Obviously, people are going to mistake it for candy. Yeah. Surely some people ate it.
0: Oh, yeah. Their brash, breath is so fresh now.
1: Oh, yeah. It's like that old threat you got when you were a kid. <clears throat> Wash your mouth out with soap.
0: Yeah.
1: Ooh, and some kid had that come true.
0: Do I'm going
1: have... to cough. Don't judge me.
0: <coughs> Ooh. Oh, my God. COVID. Bryce has COVID.
1: I eat a Rice Krispie square, and I think it's coming back to haunt me.
0: Can we talk about those Rice Krispie scares? Squares, I see. You know how easy it is to make Rice Krispie squares, right?
1: I don't have the time,
0: but you have nothing but time. <laughs> but yet, you choose to pay probably twenty times what it would cost you to make that.
1: And uh, and they give me heartburn, like no one's business.
0: But you still eat them.
1: I'll never stop.
0: Yeah. Uh, can we grab one more? Do we have another one on the line? We do. Yeah. Huh? Hello.
2: Um, so we were given a pack of Ichiban noodles, two packs of Indian Ichiban. This year? Yeah, and uh, an entire bag of chocolate truffles, like a uh, like a leftover from Christmas, like a two pound bag.
0: Were you dressed as a broke student?
2: <laughs> no, the <laughs> kids were all ninjas.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, so, are you going to enjoy the Ichiban?
2: My husband's so excited about it. He's left it left next to the stove. He wants to eat it right away.
0: Oh, okay. Hey, what's your name? Janine. Did he write his name on the package? Like,
1: What a weird thing to get so excited about. <laughs> yeah. What are those costs at the grocery store, 75 cents?
0: This is Kevin's Itchy Band, Mitts Off. Oh. <laughs> just like having roommates again. Oh, oh, man.
1: Itchy Band in your Halloween.
0: Uh, oh, here we go. I just got to read you this one. We only got five kids on Halloween, but one of those kids I gave candy to gave me a mini Bible. (laughs) What? Yeah. Kid was walking around with a bag of Bibles, I guess. How mini was this mini Bible?
1: That'd be so weird.
0: Like, was it just like half a Bible or did you get the whole thing in mini form? I have so many questions.
1: Man, that kid was on a mission. Candy and changing people's lives. (laughs) Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly
0: are the Lawn Chair Prophets. Two guys just watching the world go by.
1: So Garner, I was thumbing around on the internet yesterday. Mm-hmm. Stumbled across this website, reddit.com.
0: I'm familiar with their work.
1: Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, and there was this big thread going on of people just talking about, if you could disinvent, is that a word?
0: I don't think so, but I know what, what it like means.
1: Uh, if you could disinvent <laughs> one thing, what would it be? So if you could scrub one thing from the history
0: books, what would it be? Mine changes like every five minutes. Like I just, I despise something new every five minutes.
1: I like to think that mine are of great depth. Like? Social media. Wow. And how we've now become a society of disconnected people and we need to get back on the same page.
0: Tell me more. I've never heard
1: this before. (laughs) face-to-face conversations Mm -hmm,
0: again. mm -hmm.
1: Get rid of the toxicity of comment sections. Wow. You know, that and, I don't know. Have you ever seen those people who get cupping done?
0: Oh, yeah, like at the massage thing? Yeah, the massage move where they put the cup on you. like, you end up looking like a a domino.
1: Yeah, you look like you've been attacked by a squid, like you have tentacle marks all over you. And people are like, it's so good for you, man. It's so good. It looks terrible. It looks painful. And it, yeah,
0: it's just, it's not attractive to look at.
1: No, and like, what if you sleep on your side and it's all covered in cupping bruises?
0: Yeah. Man,
1: like, so, but those two things. Okay. That's what I disinvent.
0: Uh, I don't know what I, well, like, for, uh, give me five minutes and I will change my mind. But right now I'd say scotch because Mm. it's not even so much scotch. It's that people who enjoy scotch won't sleep until they've convinced you that you enjoy scotch. (laughs) Man. I hate that. I will never enjoy scotch. Leave me alone. You just haven't had a good one, man. Yeah, I've tried good ones because people keep giving... No, try this one. This this one cost me $48,000. My children can't go to university because I bought this bottle of scotch. It's that good. And then I'll spit it out. Like, I don't... Stop trying to convince me I will like scotch one day. I will not like it.
1: I'm on the same page. I don't want to drink something that tastes like it could... Take the paint off of a submarine.
0: Yeah. Or cigars. Cigar people are like that too. You're just not smoking the right cigars, man. No, I don't want that. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Can I sit in a chair and feel gross? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great.
0: Uh, there are so many te- A lot of people saying cell phones. And you know what? I will agree. I couldn't be without my phone now, but my life was better before I had a phone.
1: Yeah. The phones are good in a lot of ways, but there are certain things we could remove from them and we'd probably be better off.
0: Like if you just went back to just, it's a phone. That's all it is.
1: I like being able to text because it, it has now eliminated a lot of needless conversations.
0: Uh, I agree. Yeah. So, okay. So you'd have the phone capability and the text capability, but that's it. Maybe stream music. Phone capability, text <laughs> capability, and stream. Oh, maybe would be able to take some nice pictures. Okay. So pictures, music, text, and phone.
1: Yeah. Eliminate internet connection mm-hmm. and all gaming and social media apps.
0: Yeah. And then I think we'd be good. Yeah, I agree. I think my life was better before.
1: That's just me. Uh, we got a lot of texts that came in. Uh, a lot of, kind of follow the thread around automobiles. Oh, yeah. Not disinventing the car per se, but... Uh, Without hesitation, I would disinvent the insanely bright headlights that a lot of newer cars have. I can understand improved visibility for driving in the dark, but you just don't need to blind oncoming traffic on city roads where streetlights do that for you.
2: Ooh. Uh,
0: A lot of people saying the horn honk when you you lock your car door, and I'm guilty of that. Because if you push it once, your door is just locked. But if you push it twice— You get the horn honk to tell you, hey, yeah, we're locked.
1: Yeah, don't worry, pal. We're good. You can sleep easy tonight.
0: Yeah, I do that all the time, and I got to stop.
1: I do, too. And I'll never change. I live the honk life. Yeah. That's just what I do. Uh, A few people texted about they would disinvent the five-day work week. Oh. Knock her down to four. I could do that. I can, yeah, I can get behind that pretty easily. Uh, Black licorice should be obliterated from the space and time. (laughs) Black licorice was created when a roofer wondered what his bucket of tar would taste like as a snack.
0: (laughs) Exactly. That's where black licorice comes from. It's roofing tar. Uh, It's leftover roofing tar at the end of the job. The roofers sell it back to the company, and the company turns it into black licorice.
1: Yeah. Half the black licorice they make, they Mm -hmm. sell to people with bad taste. Yep. And the other half they ship to prisons— in countries with less rules, yeah, and that's how they get information out of criminals.
0: Making them eat black licorice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, They hang them upside down and make them eat black licorice.
0: And if you're really, really sophisticated but you like black licorice, you have it in pipe form or cigar form.
1: Ooh, that was always a cool look.
0: Yeah, with the little red dots on the end.
1: Yeah, I remember I ate those as kids. I I sacrificed. I'll take the hit for the taste, Mm -hmm. but look how good I look.
0: Oh, yeah, people probably think I'm a 10-year-old with a dart hanging out of his mouth.
1: I could really go into that liquor store as an 8-year-old and walk out with a case of beer.
0: Is that 8-year-old smoking a pipe? If so, he's very sophisticated. Is he solving crimes?
1: I'd walk into a bar with that thing as an 8-year-old. I'd get a pint on one hand and a sweetie on the other.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and a hotel room. Yeah. Probably rent a car.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, morning, I would disinvent barbers talking while they cut my hair. Oh, <laughs> Just cut it, bruh. You're oh. cool and all, but shh. That's from Sean.
0: You know what? Can I change my mind already? What I would disinvent? I would disinvent the server small talk. How many times have I talked about this? Oh. When you're paying at the end of your meal, and then he or she's like, so, any big plans for the rest of the evening? It's- oh! This was the plan, and now you've made me feel bad about the fact I have nothing else to do, and I'm going home at 9 Mm o'clock, and it's Saturday. Yeah. Wow. Uh,
1: Okay. That's a fair one to disinvent.
0: Can we—well, maybe what we could do is put that in the notebook, and maybe one day, one episode of this show, we can do a segment on— we can workshop some new ideas for server small talk for them. So maybe you're a server— Maybe that's what you do and you can listen to this podcast and you go away with some new uh, small talk to, to deliver while you're waiting for the payment to go through. You could be like, um, I don't know, look at the couple and go, so I'm thinking about getting some bookends. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Tell I mean, me more. I'm in the market for a new bed. Yeah. Do I go queen or do I splurge and go king?
0: Do I want pillow top? Should I get a mattress cover? Yeah, these are all good.
1: Yeah. yeah. This is solid. We're changing the world for the better, I think.
0: You have questions. The lawn chair profits have answers.
1: I was reading this story about a guy in Edmonton, and he's just a, he is, I think he's like a banker or he does trade, he does something in finance. Oh,
0: I know. He's a financial planner. He's a financial
1: planner by day, but he has this hobby in his spare time, and he's now become very successful at it. In his spare time, he writes movies. Screenplays. He writes screenplays for movies. And I think initially he was just doing it as a thing to do. He kind of just enjoyed coming up with stories. Uh, But he recently just sold one, and it's now being turned into a real movie. I think they're starting to film it right now.
0: With uh, uh, Gerard Gerard Butler. Butler. Yeah. He's a big deal. Like, it's a
1: real deal Hollywood movie. They're filming in Atlanta. And, yeah, Gerard Butler is starring in this thing. And this guy in Edmonton wrote it. Yeah. Just as a little side gig when he wasn't at work.
0: <laughs> and I think, too, he was saying, uh, well, I, we'll have to listen, but was he – nobody really knew what he did? He said that
1: – yeah, so I have him on the phone, and we'll talk about it. But he kind of mentions how there are some people in his inner circle who knew that he did this, but there were people at his office that were like – What? I'm sorry,
0: what? You you wrote a movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're filming it right now with Gerard Butler, Hollywood superhunk.
1: hunk. yeah. He is a super hunk. <laughs> Easy on the eyes, am I right? His name is Kurt McLeod. And tell us about your movie.
2: Yeah, I'm a financial advisor uh, by day, but I've been writing movies really for the past um, decade or so. Um, you know, I haven't been as productive in my spare time. You know, working on stuff over the past few years with a family and a, and a full time job. But um, but it's a really uh, fun creative hobby. I love to do it. And and of course, as you've probably seen from from you know press releases and reports on this script, uh, it takes a long time for a movie to get made, especially movies, because there's so much money that goes into it, and there's so much you know development and back and forth. That um, that it's nice to be able to do it as a hobby and not be sort of sweating and and waiting for a call and that kind of thing. Uh,
1: you've been writing these scripts, and it sounds like you you know you, you've written a few over the years, but this one somehow is now being made into a real-deal movie with a real-deal super hunk that's going to be starring in it. And uh, (laughs) how does that process go? How do you go from finishing writing here in Edmonton Mm -hmm. to getting this thing noticed? Because I'm sure everyone and their brother thinks they can write a movie and send scripts places. And how do you cut through the noise? How did you get it from here to there?
2: You know, it's really difficult, and I'm a little bit embarrassed to say how mine kind of worked its way through the channels because it's, I think it's rare, and, you know, there's a lot of luck involved. So I don't all, i don't want anybody, you know, listening to think that this is the way you do it. But but what I did is I wrote a script. I wrote my first script, and I actually did a year-long um, – this is before I went to law school. I did a year-long master's in screenwriting because I thought, I, well, I really need some formal training. I really need a deadline. I need somebody to make me write something. Um, so I wrote my first script. Uh, you know, it got some attention. It got into the hands of, of a couple managers who wanted to work with me and we ended up working together. And then, uh, because my first script, you know, would have cost a billion dollars to make and was like a multi-genre spectacle that could never possibly be made, um, you know, they helped me kind of hone in on a few ideas that would be a little bit more contained, fewer characters, fewer locations, something that could be made for a reasonable price tag. And so it was kind of an exercise, um, and that turned out to be this uh, movie, Cop Shop. That was my second script. So I worked on that. And then, you know, as a writer, you, you write it, and you're not writing it for anybody in particular. I actually had some of these actors in mind um, when I was writing it, uh, and that's kind of amazing. You know, that was many years ago. and uh, But you write it, and you just don't know you know, whose hands it'll get into. And, and this one, people reacted strongly to it, and... Um, and it kind of just, what it does is it just makes its rounds, uh, makes its way around the different agencies and people give it to actors. And, and eventually, um, you know, I'm lucky enough that the, that the talented filmmakers and actors who are in this movie got their hands on it and, and showed interest. And, and then it kind of goes into some back and forth development. And, and then, uh, and then you get the call one day or the email saying, hey, you know, production's starting in October. So, so, so the writing for me was very active. Um, everything that happened afterwards was pretty passive. And, uh, as I, as I've said before, I'm not very good at yet at pitching movies or, or, you know, being in the room and, and I'm certainly not a salesperson really. So, so I leave that to other people who are far better at, at it than I am. And I just kind of write the thing and then hope that uh, something happens with it.
1: Now, are there people, this is the part we, uh, we talked about, um, are there people you work with that would have no idea that you did this on the side? Then all of a sudden one day they find out about how successful a cop shop is and, their mind is blown that this guy they work down the hallway from <laughs> is written a movie?
2: You know, there's a bunch of, you know, I have a bunch of friends at work and people I talk to casually and they're all aware of, um, of that I have this uh, sort of uh, side hobby and that I used to work in the film business and everything. And um, so, so, they were still surprised, I think, but then there are a bunch of people who I, I know through work that, that we just hadn't had conversations about my background, and so they had no idea, and I, I certainly got more exclamation points in emails from those folks than from, you know, friends who were more aware of it, um, and I did get a bunch of emails from people that I, that I work with uh, who were surprised.
1: When you sell a script to make a movie, are you retiring now? Like, do you get rich off this? How does, how does that work? Like, is it a, a lucrative business when it goes well for you?
2: It's certainly lucrative, and you know, I've said, like, for a young family, um, you know, even though both my wife and I have big careers, um, it's just a really nice windfall when a movie gets made. And, and you know, depending on what happens um, and how successful the movie is and depending on what kind of deal you have, it can, you know, it can be a huge, uh, uh, for me personally, it can be a really nice financial um, windfall. I wouldn't say, like, some people will say, well, what if you sell a script for, you know, millions of dollars, will you retire? And And I would say, like, it doesn't really, in my mind, work like that because, you know, I'm probably going to have a couple more kids, you know, college, all that stuff. I'm 36 right now or 35, turning 36. So I don't think about it in terms of early retirement. And the other thing is you never know when a movie is going to get made. This could be the last movie, that I, the first and last movie I ever get made. It's really hard to do. Um, you know, I could have a bunch more get made in the future. There's sort of no telling. So I would advise anybody... And I've heard much more successful screenwriters than me uh, give this advice. I'd advise anybody to not, you know, to not uh, hang up their hat and say, well, I'm finished because I, you know, got the money for, for my first uh, project. You know, keep writing, keep doing what you're doing. And, um, and as a financial advisor, I always say, like, until you can very comfortably live off the interest from your investment uh, portfolio, you know, you should keep working and keep doing what you're doing.
1: So what's the timeline like? When are they expecting this to kind of be hitting the screens?
2: Well, I always knock on wood because I know that the key actors are quarantining right now in Atlanta where they're shooting interiors. So that's two weeks. Um, um, so in my mind, hopefully, and I'm actually not too familiar with, with the post-production process or how long it's going to uh, take for a movie of this scale, but I'm, I'm guessing hopefully it'll be uh, available by next summer. I just
0: love the fact that, you know, there's going to be one day when the world stops ending uh, there will be movie premieres again, and he's going to have to take time off work. He's going to have to go talk to his boss and go, look, I'm going to need the fifth off because <laughs> I need to go to Hollywood for the grand opening of the movie that I wrote.
1: Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to need Friday and Monday off.
0: Yeah. It's probably going to be quite a party.
1: Man, that's so cool. And then I like how he answers like he – you know, can tell he's a financial planner. Yeah. Talking about how there is good money in it, but mm. don't bank on it.
0: Yeah, this, there's a lot of people with secret hobbies or secret pastimes, secret passions. There's a lot of people out there with secrets, Bryce. Uh, this one came in. I'm an oil field worker who does aesthetics between jobs. Not many people see those worlds colliding, Matt. Uh, I wrote back to Matt and I said, like, what do you mean aesthetics? You mean like manicures, pedicures? And he said, I'm more specialized now, but yes, certified in mani-pedi, lashes, and whatnot. Ooh. I don't know what the whatnot part is, but yeah, Matt works in the oil field by day, aesthetics by night.
1: Yeah, that is some serious range. Yeah. I like that kind of stuff. It makes me wish that I was leaving, living a secret life that people would be shocked by.
0: Uh, hey, guys, my secret, I work in a conservative accounting department. Nobody has any idea. I'm a gothy person on my own time, I own at least six corsets, the real steel boned lace-up kind, Denise. That's cool.
1: I don't understand the appeal of like those corsets. They seem really uncomfortable.
0: Yes, but does anyone have something really – does anyone have a super tiny coat that will be horribly uncomfortable that I could borrow? Yes, I do.
1: Can you feel it with weird bones and rivets that dig into my
0: sides? Yes. I think we've got something in the back. (laughs) Well, cool for her. Yeah. Ooh, Here we go. This one's spicy. In my spare time, I write erotica. Oh, baby. I started writing short stories, and I'm about to self-publish my first novel. No one knows, including my hubby, who I do plan on telling once I publish. I do have an alias I write under. Sooner or later, though, everybody's going to find out you write erotica, because isn't this the kind of thing you post all over your social media? And you're like, hey, gang. Uh, I was wondering if you'd like to pre-order my new book.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hard to self-publish a book when you can't tell anyone about the book.
0: Uh, and how weird is that when you see that your mom pre-ordered your erotica? <laughs> oh.
1: Or that your mom writes erotica.
0: Oh, yeah, uh, true. I never thought about that.
1: But imagine being the husband in this situation. Yeah. Sitting what? down. Huh? She's like, I got something to tell you. I write erotica. And he's like, What? Just being so blindsided by someone you thought
0: you knew. Thank God. I thought you were going to tell me you had cancer.
1: Then you have to read it and imagine it's not good. Yeah. Oh, I don't have the poker face for that.
0: <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> uh, I take my tarantula's exoskeletons. Oh, gross. And taxidermy them. Oh, gross. It's not easy, but incredibly soothing. Oh. It's like a Zen garden for entomologists. Oh, Gross. I
1: hate that one so much.
0: Yeah, let's edit that one out of the podcast. It sucks. I'm
1: glad they have a hobby they enjoy, but You're disgusting. Wow. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) My skin's crawling.
0: Uh, This one isn't my hidden obsession. It's about my wife's. Last year in storage, I found boxes of empty milk cartons. For years, she has covertly kept limited edition milk cartons. What? I've been with her for 10 years. It's only been within the last year that I found out about her secret obsession. I had no idea that there's such a thing as a limited edition milk carton. Yeah, there's
1: a lot to unpack there.
0: Do you know how much milk cartons stink too, though, when you don't clean them properly? Oh, you got to rinse them out. Oh, my God.
1: Have you, like, when you accidentally leave one for a day or two? Oh, it's gross. You go back, pop the lid off that thing. May as well burn your house down and start new somewhere else. Yeah. Uh but yeah, no, I had no idea there was such thing as limited edition milk cartons. And to find out that your lover has a secret hobby that they've never been able to tell you. It would hurt that they couldn't trust you with this. But to find out that it's collecting
0: old milk cartons? And how is Huh? She has a storage locker though. Didn't it say that? <laughs> I lost my spot. Like is that that would be enough
1: for me to be like, should I have this person committed? Yeah. I'm sorry. Limited edition milk cartons?
0: I swear to God, this person said that they had them. They were in storage, but maybe that was just storage in a rubber Rubbermaid container in their basement. Man, I don't know. Is there good
1: money in the limited milk carton game? Maybe <laughs> I'm missing out.
0: My secret: I bought a brand new car a month ago without telling my wife. What? They didn't have the color I wanted, so they had to bring it in. It's supposed to be here within the next two weeks. Not sure if I should just come home in it one day or give her a heads up. Tips? I don't know what to tell you other than you probably shouldn't have done that. No,
1: probably not. It's probably an easy thing for most people to be like, I'm getting a new car. And they'd be like, okay. Yeah. But if times are tough, if money's tight right now. Yeah. And you come wheeling up in your hot new whip. I don't know. That's not going to go over very well.
0: We also heard from a lot of people, and I can't find the texts now, that are preppers, like doomsday preppers, and oh, nobody yeah. even knows that they got a bug-out bag ready to go. And it's easy to laugh at this, but they're going to be the ones that are prepared, mm-hmm. obviously.
1: Yeah, they'll be dancing on our graves.
0: Yeah, I'll just be stuffing stuff into a bag at the very last minute. I'll be bringing way too many shirts, way too many shirts.
1: I prepare for the end of days the way I prepare for vacations.
0: Yeah, last I'll pack minute. for it.
1: As I'm walking out the door.
0: Yeah. Uh, Somebody says, I'm a girl who works in an industrial position. No one knows that I pole dance for fun. I also day trade. Okay. Whoa. (laughs) Many, many layers to that dip. Man. I wouldn't say it's a seven-layer dip, but it's a solid three layers. Yeah. You know, it's cream, cheese, green onion, black olives for sure.
1: Pole dance and day trading.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do them both at the same time. Try not to drop your laptop, Tiffany.
1: That would be impressive.
0: Yeah. Okay, one more. Let's do it. Uh, Hey, almost nobody knows that I love opera music. I'm a 42-year-old male that has always loved to sing but have never done it in front of others. But that is my goal. I started taking voice lessons opera style two years ago and loved it. Things were really coming along and then COVID dropped by and my opera dreams have been put on hold. But when things return to normal, I'll get back at it, Doug. Wow. Uh Doug is definitely the name of a guy that you had no idea was taking opera voice less. He's also Doug is also the name of the guy who collects human hair. So
1: <laughs> Yeah. I just don't picture going to an opera and it's like starring a guy named Doug. <laughs> yeah. I just don't like, see that.
0: Hey, hang on a second. You're looking through those weird little opera glasses. You're like, is that Doug from Accounts Receivable? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine?
1: Doug is one of your closest friends, and you're sitting down having wings one night, and he just quiets the table down and is like, guys, I'm a— i am
0: I got something to tell you.
1: I'm super into opera. Huh?
0: Here, and everybody's like, shut up, Doug. It's
1: like, I, I really love it. Um, I'm in an opera. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a show on Saturday, and I'd really like it if you could come.
0: I just happen to have some tickets here with me.
1: I'd be like, it'd be the most confusing. Are the tickets
0: tickets free? (laughs) No, no, they're $700 each. Have you ever been to an opera, Bryce? It's expensive. And newsflash, they sing in another language (laughs) and you're like, how am I supposed to, I don't speak Italian.
1: Man, what a crazy thing to get into. I know. In your forties.
0: Yeah. That's kind of cool though. Yeah. Good for Doug. Not good for Doug's friends.
1: Yeah. I hope it doesn't have thin walls. Thanks for listening to The Lawn Chair Profits with Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly. Theme by Garner Andrews. Guests of The Lawn Chair
2: Profits stay in the dumpster behind the building by the rail yard. Classy. Ah.